Looking forward to Rollins' lesson tonight at 5 and Dave's at 6. Daniel 1, 2, 3, and 4. Chapters 1 to 4, the basis of our lesson on one of the most interesting characters of the Old Testament, Nebuchadnezzar. One of the greatest individuals outside of the lineage of Abraham mentioned in the Old Testament was this man we well know as Nebuchadnezzar. He was born some 650 years before Christ. He was king of mighty Babylon, the first worldwide empire. He reigned for 43 years. He was one of the most powerful kings the world has ever known. Prior to Babylon's rise, Assyria was the ruling power of the world. Assyria conquered the northern kingdom of Israel. God foretold this tragedy. Jeroboam was the first king of the northern kingdom, and as well we know, he revamped God's pattern of worship. He changed the object of worship from God to two calves of gold, the place of worship from Jerusalem to Dan and Bethel, the access of worship from the tribe of Levi to various other tribes, and the time of worship for one of the feasts, the Feast of Tabernacles from the seventh to the eighth month. In the early days of his reign, God said to Jeroboam's wife, I'm going to remove Israel because of what your husband has done. 1 Kings 14, 16. Over two centuries later, after pressing Jeroboam's wrong all the way through those 200 years, God said, Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord and made them sin a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam which he did. He departed not from them until the Lord removed Israel from his sight, as he had said by all his servants and prophets. 2 Kings 17. 21 to 23. God used Assyria as his hammer of judgment. In Isaiah 10, 5 and 6, God said, O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger and the staff in my hand is mine indignation. I will send him, Assyria, against a hypocritical nation, that's Judah, against the people of my wrath, give him a charge to take the spoil and to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. For the next century, Assyria was trouble from every direction. The Babylonians, the Elamites, the Medes, the Philippines, and the Egyptians. And yet they almost captured Jerusalem during this period of time. 2 Kings 18, Sadakur, king of Syria, sent a delegation to Hezekiah to demand the surrender of Jerusalem. Rapshakur ridiculed Hezekiah, ridiculed his military, but his biggest mistake was when he ridiculed God.
take from them the sound of laughter, sound of the bridegroom, sound of the bride. And these people who saw the king of Babylon suddenly got foretold the tragedy of Judah under Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon for the reason Renovated and beautified Babylon and fortified it with giant walls. He built the great temple of Marduk, the world-famous painted gardens of Babylon. He constructed for this immediate while. He had changed the vast building projects of other cities. Well, it was a world jurisdiction for that. Square. 
180 minutes. And if that was in his Bible, I'm going to go. I plead with the Lord to make me not to come to the Lord on the Sabbath. Not to come to the Lord on the Sabbath. I have a very good very good son of the Lord of the Lord. And I have streets running parallel to the Lord of the Sabbath. And it's not the same as the Lord of the Sabbath. Running east. in captivity, as well we know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not among the number. This was foretold by God in 1720 to Hezekiah, who allowed these Babylonians to come there, and after they left, oh, he was so proud of himself, Isaiah came and said, who were these folks? They were from a far-off city battle. from this faraway ruling power coming to see him. What did they see? He said, I told them everything. Everything, all of my riches, all of my wealth, everything. As I said, okay. The day's going to come. All their time talking, as is necessary, much of it anyway, about these specific traits. And then they often apply these traits to the best businessmen in the church. 
and leaders in other such matters. And they overlook the very men who have been doing the work of elders all along the way. Who are those men? They're the men who've been watching after the flock. Who've been visiting in the hole. Who've been talking to the weak and the needy. Who've been writing to encourage those in the
made him ruler of the province of Babylon, and he put his three friends in the positions of the father. What does this chapter tell us about that philosophy? It tells us that he could be entirely ruthless, wholly void of a particle of mercy. Only a tyrant could order the men in Babylon because they did not reveal to him dream everything. A heart void of mercy. But it also tells us that he could be capable of great humility. Here's the greatest, most powerful ruler on the face of the earth. And yet he's always faithful. tells us that Nebuchadnezzar's on the road to true conversion. Conversion is a process. It's not a one-act matter. It's not a one-moment experience. It's a process. He's on the road to conversion. Chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar constructed an image. An image of gold, 90 feet tall. He commanded all the rulers to assemble before this image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Obednego was in number. Nebuchadnezzar said, when you hear the sound of all of these different types of musical instruments, you bow down and you worship this image that I play. Everybody did, but they didn't worship uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Somebody came and told Nebuchadnezzar. He was beyond furious. He was in a rage. He brought those men into his presence. He said, is this true what I hear of you? Do not bow down before this image that I have made. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Uh, did you hear the sound of these, these trumpets and all these uh, musical instruments again? I'm going to have my eyes on you. And if you don't bow down and worship like all these other people have done, I'm going to heat that furnace of fire seven times hotter than I have heated it. I'm going to get one into that fire. But I have to hear you and say, the God we worship is capable worship your image. You only worship God. If you're just a priest, more than seven times, but he's going to increase the heat of his body. That furnace was so hot, seven times hotter than normal, he picked that priest, pulled his head into his heart. And when they went up there to talk, those three men in the Three men now in the furnace, and they're just walking around. And there's another one there. 
Did not we throw three men into that furnace? Yes. Well, who is this man? He later calls an angel. And so he brings them out. They don't even have the smell of smoke on their garments. You can read the Bible from start to finish. You won't find three more courageous men than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can you imagine the courage it took for them to stand in front of that furnace of fire? Heated so hot that it killed the men and threw them in in their conviction. What does this chapter reveal about Nebuchadnezzar? He is a long way from being converted. If he had learned anything about his experience through Daniel and his dream, it was brief and transient. He was yet cruel and void of mercy. Only a man like that could do what he did to those three men. He possessed no sense of gratitude for their faithful service that they had given him as they reigned in their positions under Daniel. This chapter should have been crowning proof. There is but one God. And if not this golden image you have set up and these other images and gods like Marduk that you worship. He is yet at war with God. Trying to kill his faithful servants. Daniel 4. Nebuchadnezzar has a second dream sent from God. He dreams about this tree. I mean this tree grows until it reaches heaven. It's seen throughout all of the earth. Beasts and birds enjoyed its shade and its fruit. But an angel descended and cut it down, cut the branches, shook the leaves, and scattered the fruit. But, he said, leave the stump and the roots. Put a band of iron, of brass, around it. This was viewed as a man. He had his heart changed. And he became like a beast for seven times. When Daniel heard this dream, he was so troubled. He could not talk. He could not speak for an hour. This tree represented Nebuchadnezzar. He was going to be driven among men. Eat grass like oxen. His hair would grow like eagle's feathers and his nails like eagle's claws. Daniel said, he didn't want to tell him. Didn't want to tell him. Nebuchadnezzar could see that he was troubled. He says, look, Daniel, just lay it out there. Tell me what, what it means. He said, your enemies will love to hear this dream, O king. And then he counseled Nebuchadnezzar. You need to break off your sins by righteous conduct. This is what Daniel is saying to the man who held the power of life and death in his hand. And you need to break off your iniquities 
by showing mercy to the poor. And if you'll do that, it will mean the lengthening of your life and the tranquility of it. One year passes. Has Nebuchadnezzar yet learned what he really needed to learn? No. He walks out on the top of his place of living so he could see all of his kingdom. He said, look what I've done. Look at this place. By the power of my might, I've done it. Hmm, boy, he was walking in pride and arrogance. What a powerful sin pride is. It has destroyed some of the best of men and women over the years. It has destroyed elders in the church who were not thoroughly vetted at the commencement of being installed. And deep in their hearts lay this sin of pride that the eldership fueled because they viewed it improperly. It's not a position where you rule and reign and tell people what to do and delegate. It's a position of servanthood for men who love the flock. There have been numbers of men who were not qualified for this very reason. There have been some who were put in too young. Put in too young. There seems to be a something going on in the church today about installing elders who are mighty young in my judgment. The very word Describing an elder notes an old man. Old man. There are just some things you you're not going to learn until you get some age on you. And when you appoint a man that's too young, you're putting him into a position where he's going to be likely tempted. This position of great influence at such a young age we need to give some more thought about this matter, I believe. Nebuchadnezzar hadn't learned a thing. Boasting, bragging, just as arrogant as he can be. The text says, while he was yet speaking, a voice came to him. A voice from heaven. And it took place just like Daniel. Daniel warned him. You need to Stop this sinning. Do away with these iniquities. Look out for the poor in Babylon. God wants to grant you a lengthy and a tranquil life. But he's looking for that from you. Didn't hear a word of it as far as listening to what Daniel said. Just bragging and full of pride and arrogance. So God sends him out into the field.
like an oxen. He eats grass. His hair grows like eagle's feathers and his fingernails like eagle's claws. He's an animal, a beast of the field. What does he learn? Some deny that his conversion was genuine. I don't know how you get any more genuine than this. Daniel 4, verse 34 and following. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what are you doing? Oh, no man can speak about this God like that. And the same time my reason returned unto me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me and I was established in my kingdom and excellent majesty was added unto me. Blessings from on high. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment or justice and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. If that's not a confession of a truly converted man, I don't know what words you would have to resort to describe it. What does this chapter reveal about Nebuchadnezzar? The rocky journey of his faith. His great pride. Conversely, his humiliation and his faith ending in victory. There's no substitute for the obedience of faith that ends in victory. If you're present and never obeyed the gospel, we encourage you by faith, repent of your sins, confess Christ, be baptized into Christ. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you need the prayers of the church, if you strayed away or you just need help from the brothers or sisters here, we want you to come while we stand and sing. grace to all to the heavenly path when he all who linger all who fall sing it all and o'er again Christ receive a sinful man make the Right, receive a sinful man.
Sing it all and all again. Christ receive a sinful man. Make the man sin clear and plain. Christ receive a sinful man. Christ receive a sinful man. Even me with all my sin. Hurt from every spot and stain. Kept with him, I enter in, sing it all and all again. Christ receive the sinful man, make the message clear and plain. Appreciate that lesson uh, very much, Mr. Frank, and the preparation in it. So many lessons, endless lessons to be learned from God's Word. And we certainly appreciate um, those men who are presenting these to us. Uh, as was mentioned earlier, let's all make a great effort to be here at 5 o'clock uh, for our training class where uh, Rylan will be uh, teaching us God's Word. And then... Um, if there's time, there will be others who will be uh, participating in leadership uh, training as well. And then at 5.30, of course, our memorization class. Uh, that's, that's beneficial to all who come. And then 6 o'clock, our worship hour. Let's sing one last song before we dismiss. Number 700. 700. Sounds like everybody's there but me. Praise God, he's coming again. We'll sing just the uh, first verse, um, and then we will be dismissed with a prayer. One day the trumpet of the Lord shall sound. One day the Lord will roll the clouds away. One day he's coming, praise his name. When all the saints gather in the day. Praise God, he's coming in his glory. That day when all the saints are gathered to the blessed land on clouds of glory with his angelic train. Praise God, he's coming, he's coming up.